2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to go back to verse number 12 through verse number 18. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 12 through verse number 18. When you get there, say amen. amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, thank you. We're going to be reading verse, chapter 3 and verse 12. 2 Corinthians 3, 12. Are you there yet? Thank you very much. All right, let's read. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses was put a veil of his face, that the children of Israel could not satisfactorily look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remained the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even until this day, when Moses read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and what the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank God for his goodness and his mercy. All right, now what I'd like you to do is I'd like to give you my subject first, and then we're going to get into the word. Amen? Now, Let's pray. Father, Heavenly Father, touch. Heavenly Father, we thank you now for your goodness and for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your Holy Spirit giving us the anointing to destroy yokes and lift burdens. We thank you for the salvation of our soul. We thank you for Christ's death, and resurrection. Thank you for your understanding of the new covenant. We bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you now. Thank you for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And Lord, you lead us, you guide us, you teach us, and yet you help us. In the precious name and precious blood of our Lord Jesus, we pray and all agree with that prayer. Say amen. amen. All right, we're going to get right into God's word. Now, to do that, we are in the second part uh, of our series. When we did our first series, we did six tapes. Now we uh, did the number seven and eight, nine and ten. Now we are at, at the eleven tape in the series, right? So uh, if you're looking at it that way, okay, it's volume two. If you're looking at it that way, part five and six. Everybody understand that? All right. But I'm looking at it as I'm at the eleventh tape of the series. Okay. Now, when I look at this, I look at where we came from. So because of that, I am, I am getting into another part of the teaching. Now, in, in, in this part I'm getting into now is going to give you my subject. This is what I've already talked about. This is what I already talked about. I talked about uh, first of all, I talked about uh, Christ is the end. Last week I talked about, I talked about seeing the end of that which is abolished. Seeing the end of that which is abolished. And then I talked about Christ is the end of that which is abolished. First of all, I talked about what? 
seeing the end of that which is abolished. Then I talked about Christ at the end of that which is abolished. Now I'm getting to showing you the third, the third set. Now I've gave you, all of those are part ones and part twos, right? But today I'm getting to Christ is the end of the old world. Now I'm showing you that because I want to see how much you learned. Because first of all, we are in the New Testament. It doesn't hurt. If you're in the New Testament, then you're going to have to know that the Old Testament has passed away. If the Old Testament has passed away, if it hadn't passed away, you wouldn't have a New Testament. It, it's, it's coming, isn't it? You can't have a new if, that, if you still got an old. All right. So what I want to do is show you uh, the Old Testament was temporary. The Old Testament was natural. So when I say Christ is the end of the old world, I've already showed you two tapes before that to show you what the world was. Seeing the end of that which was abolished. What was abolished? The old world. See, everything that was in... See, when you, if you don't know the word world... If your mind has not been renewed, you are thinking planet. You're looking out outside and say, oh, the old world gone, you know. No, no, everything he's talking about is in the Bible. So when he look at the old world, he's looking at the six steps. Let's go to Psalm 19. Let me show them to you. In Psalm 19, he's showing you the six steps. The old world was what they used in the tabernacle. Psalms 19. Now in Psalm 19, I gave you this last week. You should have marked your Bible. Psalm 19, that right? And I told you verse 7. I asked you to mark in your Bible. I know you did all that. Psalm 19, 7. That way you will know these things was the old world. It was in the Old Testament. It's what they used in the Old Testament to worship God. It was their righteousness. But new covenant, God gave you his righteousness. Ain't that right? So in Psalm 19 and 7, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect. So you see the law, number one, is converting the soul. Then you see the testimony of the Lord. Is sure, making wild the simple. Then you see the statue of the Lord, all right, rejoicing the heart. Then you see the commandment of the Lord is pure, rejoicing the eye. Then you see the fear of the Lord is clean and doing it forever. Then you see the judgment of the Lord. See, those things are the old covenant. Let me show you that in the new covenant, Hebrews 6 and 1. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 6 and verse 1, this is called the old foundation. And what people are doing today, because they don't know the word, they are still trying to do the old foundation. See, in the church, the church is not brick and mortar anymore. Should have got one amen. amen. Paul said to the church, know ye not that now you the temple. That's 1 Corinthians 3, 17, right? 16, 17. 
Can you put it on the screen as we talk? So the, the, the temple is not brick and mortar anymore. So when I say Christ is the end of the old world, it's the end of the old system. It's the end of the old dispensation. It's the end of the old age. It's the end of all things that's natural. See, here it is. Know you not that you are the temple of God? Well, that's in the old covenant, you was not the temple. In the old covenant, they built the temple. Okay, just want to make sure you're there. So he said, no, you're not that. You are. Look at somebody and say, are you saved? If you are, then you are the temple of God. So the Spirit of God does not, is not in the temple. You remember when they went in the temple in the old covenant, the, 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 the glory of God filled the temple. When Solomon finished building the temple, the glory of God filled the temple, right? Well, in the new covenant, you're the temple. So the Holy Ghost is not in the building, per se. The Holy Ghost is in us who's in the building. Ain't that right? So put it on the screen one more time. No, you're not. You are. You are the temple of the, of the living God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. See, so everything has changed. In, in the old covenant, the temple was a physical building. You, I'm not talking over your head, right? You do know what I'm saying. Right, so that means when you respond, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Right, all right. So everything in the old covenant was natural. But Christ is the end of that. Christ is the fulfillment of that. All right. Now, so did I give you somewhere else we're going? Hebrews 6 and 1. Okay, that's what I'd be waiting on, wherever I'm supposed to be. So Hebrews 6 and 1 gave us the old foundation. Hebrews 6 and 1 said, therefore, leaving. So when Paul talked to the Jewish believer, he wanted them to leave those old things. And after here, we're going to go show you 2 Corinthians 5, 16. He said, therefore, leaving the principles, the word principles are teachings, doctrines, the principle of the doctrine of Christ, leaving that, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because it had been fulfilled now. See, I believe all those things in the Old Covenant where they had the showbread, where they had the, 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 the uh, place where they washed the priest's feet, the lava. I just want y'all to know these things. Well, that's why I say them, because I want you to know them. See, the pot of manna, the candlesticks. We don't have to have all that, because now the church is the candlestick. I mean, are you catching on? You understand? All these things were old types and shadows. So therefore, leaving all of that. See, we don't have to have a priest in the new covenant with a thing in his hand with incense in the church. Now, they still do that in churches, but that's not, that's the Old, that's the old Testament. See, so we don't have to have that in the church because that's the incense is called the prayers of the saints. You do know that, right? Yeah. All right. Now, let's move on. Therefore, leaving, Paul says, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, I'm going to be doing something with that word. I'm just, I'm waiting for God to finalize my spirit. I think I got an idea, but I don't have a revelation. <laughs> you can't preach ideas. But he said, go on to perfection, not laying again. I know that word perfection is Christ and God's grace, but I got to get a revelation of my spirit of that. 
not laying again the foundation. See, he, that was the old foundation he's about to tell you. Don't lay again the foundation. He told what the old foundation was. Repentance from dead works. So people are still telling you that the way you get saved, first you've got to repent. See, that's Hebrews 9.14. Just write that down. We'll get to them later. Repentance from dead works. Then faith towards God. Then the doctrines of baptism. See, he's telling you that's the old foundation. Resurrection of the dead. See, the resurrection of the dead, people still are talking about right now. And they don't understand the resurrection of the dead is finished. But because we don't understand, we're still looking for the resurrection of the dead. He told you to go on. That's what he told the Hebrews. Don't lay that foundation again of the resurrection of the dead. When I explain it to you, you're going to see it. And last, eternal judgment. So he told them to go on. That's already happened. But because you don't know, you're still looking for it to happen. That's when you're deceived. Because if it's already happened, you can use faith to believe it. What did God give you faith for? To believe the word. He didn't give you faith to find it out. He gave you faith when it's preached, you can believe it. He gave me wisdom and knowledge and understanding so I can give you the word. He gave you faith so you can believe it when you hear it. So if you don't have faith when I tell you the word, you can't believe it because you don't have his faith. All right, so what I want to do today, I want to talk about Christ is the end of that. I didn't... I could have said that it's the end of that, but I know what that is. It's the whole world. Christ is the end of the baptism pool. It's the, he's the, he's the end. See, the word end, we gave you some words for end, right? If it's the end, it's the fulfillment, right? So it, it means it's already finished. Christ is the finished work of all of that. See, Christ was God's son. He created his son all this other stuff he made, but when he created his son, I told you we're going to go through a couple of scriptures, what I'm waiting for. Okay, I'll show you what faith is. I didn't ask for it, but I'll show it to you anyway. Now faith, <coughs> excuse me, is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. So otherwise, we know faith is how you operate in the invisible. The unseen, right? That's what he gave you faith for. To believe the word you can't see. All right, so let's go. Wherefore, remember, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after flesh. Why? Because we leave in that, we leave in that area. Do you understand? If we, you have to hear the word preached today as I'm Paul in the pulpit, which I'm not Paul. Because the Bible was written 2,000 years ago. I'm reading you a 2,000-year-old book. So he's not talking to us today. He's letting us know what the Word said and what he left us. That's why you got to have the revelation of it to be able to teach it. And I'm going to show you in the Word of God. See, Paul left before... The dispensation of grace 
really could get going good. He's like Moses. Moses saw the promised land, but he was not able to enter it because Paul was under the law. Jesus brought you grace and truth and yet could not enter it because he was born under the law. But all of this they had for us and they left it for us, even the word. So the Holy Spirit ministry now. Oh my God. So that's why I'm trying to get you to be used to the Holy Spirit ministry. So Joshua was a type of the Holy Spirit. Moses was a type of Christ himself. So Moses went up and he saw the promised land, everything Israel going to have, but he couldn't go. He had to die so they could go. So Jesus, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So he died so you could go. Come on, clap your hand. You ought to be so glad to know that Jesus Christ died on the cross so you can have grace and truth. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, we're going to get into the word of God. I just really want to introduce this thing. So 2 Corinthians 5, what I want to back. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Wherefore, we know no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yes, henceforth know we him no more. See, so we don't know anybody anymore after the flesh because you're in grace. You are the ones who are in grace. You know, it's just like if I was Noah. You know, and, and, and Noah didn't have no children under grace. Let me put it another way. He didn't have no grandchildren on the grace. But Noah and his three sons and their wives and his wife was all on the other side of the flood. Ain't that right? The side of the flood they were on, God was getting ready to destroy. So the only way they're going to get to the other side, which would be called God's grace, somebody had to find grace. And your Bible told you that Noah found grace because he could not tell you something that he had not experienced himself. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You remember you started reading that chapter number seven, chapter six? Noah found, in somewhere in verse eight, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now God's going to use him to take the church into the grace of God. Do you see that? He had to build an ark, didn't he? They couldn't go without the ark. Come on, they didn't get in the ark, they couldn't go. So God had to have a way. So John 14 and 6, Jesus wanted them to go into the spirit. He wanted them to go to the Father, but he said to them in John 14 and 6, I'm the way. So you got to be in Christ. You got to see, you see it? Therefore, if any man be in in Christ. So Noah in, 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 in Genesis 6 and 8, he found grace. And the Bible tells you that the apostle Paul found grace. God's going to use him to, t- to, to have something for us. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, so the only way you can get into the grace of God, you must get in Christ. The only way they could get into the grace of God, they had to get into the ark. Now, they were going to go into the grace of God because there wouldn't be no more war where they were going. Before they left there, people was fussing and fighting. Jesus said it this way. People was marrying, giving in marriage. Look at Matthew, Matthew chapter number uh, 24. And let's start reading like verse number 33. So when Jesus talked about Noah, you may somewhere in there. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, we just left there. He's a new creation, see? But the Bible said, old things are passed away. Because once you get in grace, what happened to the old things? They already passed away. They already been fulfilled. We don't need that no more. And the old thing was passed away. We know was our flesh. Our sin, death, hell, the grave. See, hell and the grave, same word. And the devil. We don't want to forget the devil. Because we're going to see in this teaching that the devil is not in the new world. See, that's why, that's why I like to get that heart stopped. See, I'm a doctor. You stop that heart. You go. I told you five things we leave behind. See, you don't, you don't think it's left behind. You don't think it's left behind. But I'm going to take you to the very place in the old covenant where God destroyed Satan with the brightness of his coming. See, if you know what the, old, what the New Testament is telling you, he's telling you from the old. See, if you had known about Samson, you'd have known that Dagon's house is where Samson died. You, you see, going to see all that today. Samson, they brought Samson into the Philistines' house and the Philistine God was Dagon. So, so Solomon says, Samson says, bring me on in. That's okay. You know you want to make sport and laugh of me, but put me between the two pillars. Because at that time, Dagon was the god of that world, Philistine. Put me between the two pillars. Because they got the big statue up there on Dagon making sport of me in front of their god, but they're all coming down including Dagon. So you have to know what Paul is giving you in the new covenant. You can go in the old covenant and find it. So when Jesus said when he comes, he's going to destroy the temple of Jerusalem. Won't be one stone left upon another. We're going to show you that. But also there is a little God in the temple playing like he's God when the Lord came. So when he came, that temple going to fall. It began to fall on the cross. But when the Lord came back, see, you still looking for him to come back because that's what folks telling you. Sounds good. But when the Lord came back, Dagon was sitting in the temple playing like he got. 
But when the Lord came, the temple fell and Dagon. We're going to show you that. But he wasn't called Dagon there. See, when you see this thing, it's already been done. God gave you faith to see can you believe it. But he had to give you a man from Mississippi who don't supposed to know nothing. See, don't supposed to know nothing. But God would take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. See, people, people think some people are supposed to know. They don't know. I asked the Lord many times, why me? And he said, why not? You qualified because you didn't know. I knew one word that Jesus wept. I've been Sunday school all my teenager life, and I would get up every Sunday morning, Jesus wept. That's all I knew. I had it down pat. <laughs> but I wanted to know the word of God in my heart so bad. I cried many days when I opened that big Bible that's sitting in front of me in our room, knocked the dust off of it. I didn't see nobody in the beginning God. I knew nothing else. I wanted somebody to teach me this book. All right, let's go to work. Now, in Matthew 24, 34, verily I say to you, this generation, Jesus is prophesying now because he's the last prophet He's the fulfillment of the prophets. So he's telling you that this generation, remember this generation was the generation that he was in. He lived 33 years out of it. Shall not pass till all these things, I'm telling you, shall be fulfilled. And yet people would say it's in your future. Now you born again, you got the spirit, you got to be able to pick that up. He just told you that this generation, if I stood here today and said all these things shall be fulfilled in your generation, then it can't be 22,000 years from now. Amen. Then he told you this. He said, now heaven and earth are going to pass away. But see, people don't know what heaven and earth is. Heaven and earth has to do with Israel and the promised land, which will be the, uh, Jerusalem and the promised land. Heaven will be Jerusalem. The promised land will be Israel and his people which will be the earth, heaven and earth. And you can search this out throughout the scripture because when Daniel prayed, the Bible said he prayed towards heaven. Where if you ever know towards heaven had to be Jerusalem because that's where God's throne was, which was the Ark of the Covenant. And also what it lets you know is another thing is that when Satan fell from heaven, when I show you that in, in Isaiah chapter 14, uh, 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 verse 12, Satan fell from heaven. He did not fall from heaven you talking about. And when he says he's going to be able to sit in heaven and like he's God, he's telling you that then which is going to happen when you get to Thessalonians. But it's the Lord who's going to cast him in the hell. Is anybody hearing me? So you got to know the book. Look at somebody say, you have to know the book. You just can't know some of the book. You got to know the book. When the Holy Ghost is going to reveal something to you, he's going to reveal what you have in you to you. But what happens you ain't got none in you? There won't be no revelation of the mystery. 
Somebody say amen. All right. Now, let's get to work. Matthew chapter 12. Okay. I, I, I don't want that. I said verse 12, so I don't want that. Okay. How have I fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now, remember, this is going to play out when Jesus come. Paul going to talk about this because Paul gave you the revelation when he gave you Thessalonians. But this is where it was prophesied at. Everybody understand? How thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, that's one of his names, Satan's name, son of the morning. See, he was an angel. How you cast, cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I would ascend into heaven. Now, he's not talking about what people think. He's talking about now, because we got the revelation, he's going to be in the temple of God, showing himself that he's God. Come on, I gave you the book in Thessalonians, right? right. I think we got to go to that too, show you that he said he was in the temple, showing himself as God. But the Bible says that he says, I would, I would ascend into heaven. I'm going to go into the temple and make my, that's going to become my house. I'm going to exalt my throne above the stars of God, which was Israel, which was, which was Leviticus' priesthood, because they were the only one over there. I'm going to sit up on the, the mount of the congregation. So you know the mount is not up there. The mount is in Jerusalem, right? That's what God built it upon the mount, right? Then it says, in the size of the north. I would ascend above the heights of the clouds. Now remember, you know what that is because he cometh with huh, the glory. That's what he's talking about. I would be like the Most High because the Most High dwelt in the temple. That's Dagon, right? I'm going to be like the Most High. Yea, thou shalt be brought down to hell. See, that's what God tells him. Isaiah let him know what God says. You will be brought down to hell to the size of a pit. That's where you're going. And then the people that see you shall never look upon you and consider, because see, he's going to be a man, embodiment of the devil. That's why Jesus, the word was made flesh. So was the devil. No different than he is now. Either God lives in you or the devil. Either now you're the son of God, or the body of Christ, or you're the body of the devil. Not a game. They that see you shall never look upon you and consider you, saying, Is this the man, man, that made the earth to tremble? This is who they were scared of? You shook kingdoms? This the guy? You the one that made the world a wilderness? Now you ought to get that. He made the world a wilderness. So when I show you, Matthew, when I show it to you 1338, I'm going to show you that the field is the world. But it started out of God. So you got to click, got to click. You can't have a wilderness unless you have had a garden. A field is an unkept garden. It's what you started out with a garden, but you haven't been taking care of business, so now it's a field. (laughs) 
And if you don't get it taken care of, it'll be a wilderness. That's why Israel had to go cross. You'll get me later. You're the one that made a, the world as a wilderness? You turned the world into a wilderness? You destroyed the cities thereof? See, ain't no more cities no more. Sodom and See, he's the cause that fair. You the one that opened not the house of his prisoners? See, all of this is talking about him. Let's move on. Now, let's go back to some things I gave you scripture for. In Matthew 13, 38, the field is the world. Do you see that? Now, I'm going to do that whole thing a little later on, but not now. But the field of the world. So you got to understand something. The Bible said, the good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. And you know what God did at the end of the last world. Because he told you in the book, he separated the wheat from the tares. That's not who you are. See, either Christ is in you now or the devil is in you now. So it's not any, a lot of, lot of difference. you just not who the Bible's talking about. So we ought to be able to look at that and say, you know what, I got to make sure I'm the temple of God because I understand what happened. If I'm not the temple of God, the other temple is going to be destroyed. See, either I'm the temple of God that he will keep. He calls us vessels of mercies. So either I'm a vessel of mercy or I'm a vessel fitted for destruction because he made all the vessels. But the vessel that do not get the spirit in it will be destroyed. So you can just play around, just goof off, goof off. Don't get the spirit that God don't need the vessel no more. Let's keep going on where we're at. The enemy that sold the, them is the devil. Just like it was in Genesis. Cain was a child of the devil. So when you do not get Christ in you, you are the child of the devil. You cannot be the child of God until you get God's spirit of his son. See, this is not a game. The enemy that sold them is the devil. The harvest here it is, is the end of the world. What's another world definition for the end of the world? The harvest. People are still telling you the harvest. No, this is what they say now. We want you to sow a seed to our ministers and help us get the harvest. Man, just told you the harvest is the end of the world. You can't sow no money getting no harvest. God's the only one going to get some harvest. Because the wheat are the children of God and the tares or the children of this world. And if they don't be reaped, if they, they had to be reaped. That's why in Revelation chapter 14, God sent his angels to reap. So if you ever read Revelation 14, he sent the reapers to reap. His harvest. So all this stuff that you're talking about is already done. You just got to have faith to believe it. And if you don't have faith to believe it, you're deceived. You've been deceived. Somebody who ain't sent by God told you something different. So let's get into the world, shall we? Okay, I don't need no more of that. All that's going to fall in place. Now, let's go do Thessalonians because I gave you all this. So now I got to go to it to explain it to you, right? 
We're going to go to, first of all, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13 through 18. Now, we're reading this out of the NLT back there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. As a matter of fact, let's back up a little further than that. We, we're going we're gonna to back up a little, little further than that. We're going to keep that. Stay right there. First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Let's go there, but go there at the NLT. Now you want to write these down so you can be ready for me. Then we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. We're going to do everything out of the NLT. Now, for you who might not know what that means, mean the New Living Translation. Called NLT. Okay. So we're going to do 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, then 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Then we're going to look at Matthew 24, 1 through 16. Then you want to put down a couple more that we can get to that. It's 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to do 14 verses out of the NLT. Everything going to be NLT. Then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 1. 4 through 9, and then the last one, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through 28. Everything out the NLT. Now, we can get that done. We, we did something today. This is going to introduce the message. So I hope you're ready. Faith was given to you so you could believe what's already been done. God's not trying to get nothing done today. He did everything. That's why he came here for three and a half years and finished his work. Changed clothes and went back to glory. <laughs> you can understand that. Okay, here we go. And now, we're in 1 Corinthians 4, 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what would happen to the believers who have died. What is your calendar saying right now? Anybody got a calendar? I'm the Apostle Paul. What's the calendar say? That means you ought to look in your Bible in the first book of Thessalonians and tell me what year it is. Because if you can't do that, you can't keep up with me. A.D. what? A.D. 54? Anybody got anything different? 50, 51? So we know what year we're in. 50 to 51. You agree with that? Everybody Okay. So you need to write in your Bible, A.D. 50 to 54, right? Okay, so we know it's not 2020. So he can't be talking about us. He got to be talking about the people in his day. Come on, I just, just do you hear me? Because if you can't get that in your spirit, then you don't know who, who, who he's talking to. So when people are ministering the word, they're telling you what God's doing today. That's wrong. That's confusion. Like I said, I've been deceived. Won't be deceived no more. And now, dear brothers, Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica. Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. Not the one that died last week. Because that's what they're going to tell you at the funeral. So he's talking to the one who have died so you would not grieve like people who have no hope, which was the Gentiles. 
For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returned, he's talking to the people of his day. When Jesus come back, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. The one that's already dead, Paul was talking about. Are y'all keeping up? Amen. So he's not talking about the day, is he? So he's talking about in his day, the people who have already died. These people followed Jesus. They was a part of the church of God. Now he's not talking about Abraham. He's not talking about Noah. He's not talking about the ones all the way down to Malachi. He's not even talking about the ones too much in Jesus' ministry, but he's talking about the ones that was in the church of God. Why do you know this, Pastor? How do you know all this stuff? Because that's what the Bible tells me, and I just got faith to believe what it says. Hold your finger right there, and let's go to Matthew chapter number 27 and verse 50. Because everybody who was raised from the dead back there from Noah, see, I can, if you want to compare scripture, you want to read 2 Peter 3, which I'm not going to be able to put all that together, but you can do that because Peter's going to tell you about the one before the flood. Somebody can find it for me. They would. Peter told us about that. But now Jesus raised from the dead everybody in the old covenant when he was raised from the dead. That's the first resurrection. That's why he's called the first resurrection. I'm going to show you resurrection began with Jesus Christ. It did not end. It just began. So he raised from the dead all those Old Testament before him and then he now led them and led captivity captive and gave gifts to the men, the Bible talked about. And then when he came back, he came back and got the one that's in the ground that died the last seven years or the time after he rose from the dead until then. He got them when he came back for his resurrection. Now he doesn't have to raise you from the dead again because you was risen with. See, if I can just get y'all to know when you was raised. When was y'all raised? See, I was risen with Christ. Right. So why was you risen with Christ? Because you are the body of Christ. That's the third resurrection. See, you, you are the, the body of Christ. So that was a true resurrection before you, which was old time. Let's look at Matthew 27, 50. Jesus, when he had cried with a loud voice, now he's on the cross now, he yielded up the ghost. And the Bible said, Behold, the veil of the temple was written twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. That was an earthquake otherwise. And the graves were open. Remember, the word grave is the same word as what? How many remember? You need to write it down. You got to understand, when you, if you was not saved, if you believe that I'm supposed to put you in the grave, then that means you're not saved. If you ever look at the word grave, it means sheol or hell. So a person, if, you, if your soul is in your body, you're not saved, then you go to the grave. But not the believer. <laughs> How can you put a man in the ground who is a believer and tell you the Lord is going to come back and get him? I would not want that, Lord. I'm just being honest. You're going to put me in the ground so the devil can 
whatever torment me day and night for the next so many years till you come back? No. How can you keep me now? And don't keep me after I'm dead. That's not salvation. Because I got eternal life myself. Look at somebody and say, what kind of life you got? If I got eternal life, then I got eternal life in Christ. And then Christ had, God has put me in Christ and I've been sealed. Now, if you've been sealed, can't nothing get to your soul no more. Ain't that right? Don't let nobody deceive you. That's, what, that's all you got to understand. Stop sitting up in somewhere nobody knows what's going on in the Bible and they're trying to teach you. You don't know. Don't let nobody deceive you. I've been deceived. Won't be deceived no more. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, I'm keep reading. Now we're reading what, what's going to happen when Jesus on the cross. And the graves were open. And the graves were open. That's what's hell. Watch what happened. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Now that was people who, who got up from the dead when Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. Watch what he said, because he said after his resurrection. Got to hear real good. They came out of the graves. So these people were visible. Natural. They came out of the grave after his resurrection. And they went into the holy city, Jerusalem. And they appeared to many. People saw them. So when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, saw them people got up from the ground and began to walk into Jerusalem, he said, he says greatly, surely. <laughs> that was the son of God. But that ain't no salvation. Was. Was ain't no son of God. Even in that day, you had to believe he is. Ain't that right? Can quiet. Blessed quietness. I love it. All right, let's go to work. Now, what, what I tell you we're going to, I gave you everything. First Thessalonians, I mean, Second Thessalonians 2, 1-4. I gave you everything. Well, what, is that, what is that up there? We are still in First Thessalonians 4, 13-18, right? So that's first, y'all write down where you at. Now, first Thessalonians 4, we at verse 15. Right, go back to 13. Let's start over there. I thought y'all got me covered. Thank God we got somebody in the background. Verse 13 again. First Thessalonians 4, 13. He's talking about the saints that, well, we are in the NLT, right? Remember, we're in the NLT and we are in first Thessalonians 4, 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died? Paul talking about it, right? So they have to be dead in his day. Who have died. Remember, he's already got up from the dead. Those all the way back in the old covenant before he died, right? They got up from the ground because they was already dead. Now the church of God is going to get killed during the tribulation period. I want somebody to find me that. Because they're going to be able to say, I think it's Revelation 20, and they're going to be able to say white robes were given to them. And then they asked him how long. 
and he's going to tell them unto your fellow citizens, brothers, be killed as you were. Be fulfilled. See, the Bible just laid out for you. Just got to find somebody who know it. And only somebody knows the Holy Ghost. That's why we're under the Holy Ghost ministry. When the Holy Ghost has come, he will teach you all things. He will take of mine. He will show it to you. So that's why you have to know, what, know the Holy Ghost. And that's what I love about his ministry. Like I said, when I'm here yesterday, I'm here all day yesterday. But I'm studying. I got to go home now, go to bed, and meditate until I can go to sleep. So when I get up next morning, I won't be here next morning. I'm here this morning, 5, 5.15, because we had that extra hour. I gave that back to the Lord. What about you? <laughs> Never mind. Okay, now, if that's where it began at, y'all help me out here. If that's where it starts, we're in Revelation chapter 6. It says, and white robe, but if there's anything before there's like a comma, if it's a comma, I need that comma to go back to the period. Okay, verse 11, y'all got it? Verse 10, thank you very much. And when he had opened the fifth seal, thank you very much. So mark in your Bible, verse 10, that's where we start. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar. Watch this, the souls of them that were slain. See, they had been killed during tribulation. I saw the souls of them that had been slain. The soul, the body was in the ground. You know, testament, the body was buried. But the souls were not in the body. Now, somebody ought to say something to me because that's not what I'm hearing at funerals. We're going to put them in the ground. <laughs> And after three days, when the Lord comes, he's going to get them up from the ground. That's what you hear, and you are there. Ah! And then you hear this person sing this song. The Lord reminded me this, this yesterday. Can't old gray hold my body down. So when that trumpet sounds, I'm going to get up from that ground. Wait a whole ho. What you're telling me that the believer's soul is still in the ground. I'm not going to call her name. You watch TV in all them years. You heard it. Hello. Now you don't sit up. Now everybody just. You know you saw it. Uh, did, did you see it? When that trumpet sounds. You're going to get up from that ground because can't old gray hold my body down. We were jumping up and down on it. You know what? It sounded good. It told me that my soul was still in the ground. And that's what preachers preach at every funeral. And then the I won't say boogers because I won't say booger, but I, I won't say the booger. We'll turn around and say to be absent from the body <laughs> is to be present with the Lord. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now you just messed up my head because if the believer is absent from the body, they present with the Lord, you just told me I'm in the ground. 
Can you see how you have to watch songs? Okay, let's go to work. You enjoying the work? Okay. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw in the altar the souls of them that were killed. They were slain. They, they heads were cut off. They were cut off for the word of God and for the testimony which they held, which was Christ is the Son of God. That was their testimony. That's not your testimony. Your, your testimony is Christ died for my sins. He was buried, and God raised him from the dead. That's your testimony, so hold on to it. The only thing I can do is tell you. Their testimony was they believed Jesus Christ was the Son of God. That's not your testimony. Of course, he's the Son of God, but that's not how you save. You save by your testimony. That's why I keep telling you that in the Old Covenant, they were saved by their confession. You're not saved by your confession, you're saved by your belief. You believe Christ died for your sin. And he was buried, he was raised again from the dead. But they actually had to confess or they were killed. So they had to hold fast their confession of faith without wavering. Because when they did, that man cut their head off. When they said they believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that man cut their head off. So they said, reject him, deny him. No, I never deny my Lord. Keep. That's not you. You die spiritually. <laughs> yes, sir. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long? Lord, how long, holy and true, does you not judge and avenge our blood? Watch this, on them that dwell on the earth in the promised land. Because that's where they was all killed, the ten, 12 tribes of Israel. In the earth. They're not talking about Pontiac. There was no Pontiac. If you did, you about to change your... Confessing, because you said 1692, what? 1492 or something like that? This is 2,000 years ago. And white rose were given to them. Why white rose? Because white rose stands for righteousness. You don't have a white robe on for righteousness. Christ is your righteousness. The person. You got the whole person in here. Whew, I don't think you understood what I just said. I don't need a robe to make me righteous. The person himself lives in this house. Hallelujah. He's my righteousness. Oh, my God. But they had to have white robe. White robe was given to every one of them. And it was said to them that they should rest for a little season, rest for a little season until their fellow servants, you are not servants, you are son. Also, their brethren should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. That was the people that Paul's talking about, which was called the church of God. That's why when you get the book of Revelation, chapter 7, is when the Lord came. Let's just do that while we're there. Uh, I don't know what else I got, but let's go to Revelation 7. 1. I know it. I got to get all these verses on the, before I get through. So I'm going to give you a little bit, you get the rest. It says, and after these things, in Revelation 7, 1, I saw a an four angels standing on four corners of the earth. Remember, four corners of the earth, if you look at Israel, it had four corners. I don't have a picture, but Israel had four corners, and it is rectangle, and at the top is like a neck and with no head on it. Look at the back of your Bible sometime, and look at Israel, you'll see it. It has 
He's on one side and, you know, got water on all four sides. Same thing as the Garden of Eden. You do know that, right? I know you know all this stuff. I'm just throwing it out there. Come on. After these things, I saw four angels stand on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds. Now, the four winds are the four angels of the earth that, 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 that the wind should not blow on the earth. Remember, these are angels getting ready to destroy Israel. Nor the sea, which Israel would call the sea, nor any trees or people who. That was Israel. But you see, I saw another angel sitting out of the east having the seal of the living God. So here come another angel coming, but he got the seal of the living God. Ezekiel said he has an ink pen. He's going to write in their foreheads, Jesus Christ. I saw another angel sitting from the east having the seal of the living God. He cried with a loud voice to the four angels, so those angels were sent to destroy Israel. To whom it was given to hurt the earth, Israel. Saying, hurt not the earth, don't, don't destroy them. Till we have sealed the service of our God in their forehead. They wrote Jesus Christ right in their forehead. If they wish the beast, they wrote 666. That's not in your future. So don't be running around here scared to go to Disney World. <laughs> no, child. Mm-mm, they put that thing on you. So sad. So sad. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I heard the number of them that were sealed. They were sealed 144,000. Watch this. All of the tribe of Israel. Plain and simple, daylight. And yet people to see the day who got their own church. Saying they are the 144,000. Isn't that ignorance? And people yet see them being deceived. See, so you can be deceived just like that, or you can be deceived believing Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You don't know nothing about his death, burial, and resurrection. You're still deceived. People telling you that Jesus is going to come again, you believe that, you are deceived. Because if you believe that, you don't believe Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look at Colossians 1.26. See, the thing about it, you're still being deceived. You just got to understand, just like they're deceived, you believe in Christ is coming back, then that means you don't believe Christ in you, the hope of glory. You don't believe you, the temple of the Holy Ghost. See, if you don't have Christ in you right now, you're none of his. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I mean, verse 7 through 11. We'll look at that too. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Here it is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So where's Christ today? If he's coming, then he can't be in you. Once you say Christ's coming, you annihilate. Well, you don't have faith to believe he's in you. You have faith to believe he's coming. Guess how many people been deceived today in this world? Guess how many people were saved during the days of Noah? Anybody know? Eight souls were saved out of the whole world. That's why they came to Jesus and said, Lord, their few shall be saved. He said, well, God is impossible. With man is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And yet people are believing other ways. Some people believe they got to be baptized in water to be saved. They're deceived. Some people believe if you don't be, take communion, you ain't saved. You're deceived. Because you don't know what salvation is. Faith is so you can believe 
what God has done for you, he has died for you, buried for you. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 1, okay. Let's do that then. We'll, we'll do that. For, for, give me what I already got. <laughs> I got a whole lot of stuff, don't I? Now, y'all give me what I got in order. Some of y'all got in order already. You've been following me. Go to 2 Thessalonians what? 2 Thessalonians 2? 1 through 12. 1 through 12. I said we're going to do it at the NLT. All right, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 12, right? And the NLT. All right, now this, this is going to be so good. Now, dearly beloved brothers, sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus. See, he's talking to who? Thessalonica. He's talking about it in the Thessalonians, and we know it is A.D. 50 to 54, right? right. All right. So he's not talking about 2020. Right. All right. So he's talking about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, now, dearly beloved sisters and brothers, let me clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we, ooh, did you hear what he says? And how we will be gathered to meet him. We, Paul include himself, we, because he's of the tribe of Israel also. Benjamin. Tribe of Benjamin, but this tribe of Israel. Yeah, there you go. So he said, look, don't be so easily shaken alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have a vision, a spiritual vision, or a revelation, or a letter supposed from us. So we ain't gave nobody no letter on this stuff. He said, don't be fooled with what they say. You know people still being deceived? For that day will not come unless there come, a, number one, a great rebellion against God. Watch this. And the man of sin, in the King James says, which is the devil, he called a man of lawlessness is revealed. Now that's the same guy I told you about it is in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Remember that guy? <laughs> Say something to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Reverend. Don't be fooled, he says, by what they say. That day will not come until there come a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness or the man of sins revealed, the one who brings destruction. Now, that's the man Daniel talked about, right? All right. He will exalt himself. Remember when that guy told you about Isaiah 12, I'm going to sit in the temple of God like I'm God? Y'all be looking at me and I told you, be looking at me like, that's a movie spirit. Y'all like to lay back. He would exalt himself. Why would he going to do? He's going to defy everything that people call God. Every object of worship. He would even sit in the temple of God. Now, do you understand who he is now? Now, where's your temple at? Can't be, can't be in Jerusalem because there's no more temple. The Lord destroyed the temple when he came back. I got the book on it. Because I know when he destroyed the temple, Samson showed me he destroyed the temple when Dagon was in it. <coughs> yeah, know who Dagon was. Keep going. He would exalt himself and, and defy everything that the people call God, even object, every object of worship. He would even sit in the temple of God claiming he himself is God. Isn't that what he said in Isaiah 14? 
Then you remember that I told you about this when I was with you? Now, you know it had not, could be you because he didn't tell none of us, did he? And you know what is holding him back. For he can, he can be revealed only when his time comes. So the Lord had that settled. Even Jesus, even nobody knew. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly 2,000 years ago. And it remains secret until the one who's holding him back step out of the way. What's going to happen? Then the man of lawlessness, or called the man of sin, will be revealed. But watch how he's going to be destroyed. But the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth. That's when he come back. Remember when he came back? He's going to destroy him with the breath of his mouth. Now we know the breath of his mouth is the words of his mouth. He's going to destroy him by the splendor of his coming. Because when he cometh, he cometh like the sun. We know how he comes. We know what... The sun shining his strength. So when he come, everybody going to see him 2,000 years ago. This man will come to do the work of Satan. Remember I showed you this the man, Isaiah 14. This man will come to do the work of Satan and then he will count with counterfeit powers, signs and wonders. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that will save them. Well, what happened to the water? They all been water baptized. All the Jews in two tribes been water baptized. They said about it. God will cause them to be greatly deceived. They will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. They still didn't believe. That's why they went to hell. Is that good or what? Don't I have one more? Here we go. Matthew 24, 1, is that it? And Jesus was leaving the temple. We got three minutes. Oh, my God. And Jesus was leaving, it, leaving out the temple. They departed from the temple. His disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Remember, that's, they're going to be destroyed, right? They're not over there now. You know they've been destroyed, right? But you got folks so wicked, so wicked and so deceived, until they tell you that they're waiting for the Lord to build a t new temple over there because they got to get, the, they got to get a, the people over there who got the temple, they got to be moved because they got to put that other temple there. Just been deceived so bad. And Jesus said to them, see, you're not all these things, talking about all these buildings. Verily I said to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down because he's going to be the Samson who bring it down, right? And he sat up on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him probably saying, tell us, when shall these things be? Somebody said, when is it going to happen? When is the temple going to be destroyed, he says. Remember, he got to move the old temple because he's going to build a new one. Anybody know, did he build it yet? <laughs> Look at somebody and said, did he build it yet? <laughs> How many know who the temple is now? That's right. Now, you can't speak for everybody. So a lot of folks won't say nothing. So you have to say, I am. You can't speak for nobody else. A lot of folks sit in church and you don't say Because they might not be the temple of God. Amen? You're only the temple of God if you have the Holy Spirit. And if he set up on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, tell us, when shall these things be? And what 
shall be the sound of thy coming. How you know we're going to be coming? And when is the end of the world? I told you who the end is. The book of Revelation gave you the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it says Jesus told him, it's tell him, I am. It's one of his names, the one of him, am. I am the beginning, and I am the end. I'm the beginning of the world. I am Adam, and I am Christ. I'm the first man. I'm the last man. Can you see it then? Because Adam is a type of Jesus himself. He's the beginning, he's the ending. Jesus answered and said to them, take heed here to you that no man deceive you, because that's how you're going to be deceived. Somebody's going to stand up here and say, they reverend, somebody's going to deceive you. Many are going to come in my name saying, I'm Christ. They're going to say they're saved. Ain't going to deceive many. I'm the body of Christ. I know the Bible just as well as you do. It's okay. Then you got this group saying, we don't need no preacher. And you're going to hear wars, rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He told them, that's, that's, I'm not coming yet. Nation's going to rise against nation. Kingdom going against kingdom. There are going to be famine, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places, but I'm not coming yet. And, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. He talked to Israel. They're going to deliver you up to be afflicted. They're going to kill you. You still want that to be you? They're going to kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And that's, that's happening that year to us, but that's not talking to us then. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that endure to the end, he that endure to the end, they had to endure to the end to be saved. That's why Romans 10 told them, whosoever call the name of the Lord shall be saved. They had to endure to the end to be saved. And here's a clincher. And this gospel of the kingdom, that's not your gospel. Your gospel is the gospel of Christ, right? right. Ephesians 1.13. But, but the gospel of the kingdom was preached by Jesus Christ in Matthew 4.23, right? It was preached to the Jews. And this gospel of the kingdom, watch this, shall be preached in all the world. He's talking about their world. Because the Bible told us that in Matthew 10, 23, right? And you're going to be witnesses of all nations, then shall the end come. Let me show you that one verse, Matthew 10, 23. Here we go, I'm sorry. And when therefore you see the abomination of desolation. Is that what I showed you in Thessalonians? Come on down. I did not just show you that in Thessalonians. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, when he's in the temple... Whoever read it, let him understand. We know now. He said, when you see him in the temple playing like he God, that's when I'm coming. You ain't got to worry about when I'm coming. When he get in the temple talking about I'm God and I can do all the miracles, signs, and wonders, I can't take it no more. I'm coming. Because that's when they brought Samson to the temple. When Dagon was being exalted. Samson said, just put me between the two pillars, between the two feet, get it? Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Just put me between two pillars. I didn't need something to push on. They up in here, Philistines, honoring Dagon. Push. And how many know everybody was killed? Even Samson himself. 
Come on, come on. He killed many. He killed him in his death. How did he destroy them? In his death. One verse. One verse. I'm done. Hebrew 10. Hebrew 2.14. One verse. Whew. Some of y'all don't think the devil been defeated, but the devil died in the temple. Huh? Oh, you didn't get it. I said the devil died in the temple. For as much then as children are partakers of God, he partake of the flesh and blood himself. Jesus came here with flesh and blood. Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. We know the power of death, not sin, right? He had the power of death. That is the... See, so that means the devil been defeated. I said the devil been destroyed. He died in the temple. I know nobody, you can't clap. You know why you can't clap? Because you think the devil's still going on. The devil's not in the new covenant. Ain't no devil in the new covenant. The devil was defeated over here under the old covenant. There it is right there. Read it again. Put up there. Come on now so I can. Hebrews 2.14, he says, and the devil, that is the devil. He was, he was destroyed him, that, that is the devil. And then he delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime suffered abundance. He destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Do you know when something destroyed, he has been put out of action? Peter says, look, don't worry about it no more. He's walking about as a roaring lion. He's just seeking who he may devour, but just resist him, stand fast in the faith, because he had no more power. He's been defeated. Jesus defeated. Come on. The church, the church got to give God some praise. Hallelujah. Come on. My time is up. My time is up. Can you get excited about this word? Come on. The Lord got rid of five things. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.